Hi everyone, I'm Debbie Roberts, owner and financial advisor at Property Apprentice. Join me today for the Week in Review where I'll talk about current events for the everyday investor and home buyer. Our topics for this week, first up from RNZ on the 28th February, consumers to rein in spending with higher mortgage rates, Westpac. Second topic from Stuff on the 1st of March, renting versus owning your home, here's how it really stacks up now. Third topic from Landlords on the 1st of March, the effects of flooding and cyclone on housing. Fourth topic, the Mortgage Mag, 1st of March, more debt problems, centrics. And fifth topic for this week in review from Stuff on the 2nd of March, ASB matches BNZ's 4.99% one-year fixed mortgage rate in a behind-the-closed-doors deal. So first topic for this week, from RNZ on the 28th of February, consumers to rein in spending with higher mortgage rates, Westpac. Consumers are expected to spend less as more mortgaged homeowners are rolling over to higher interest rates. Almost half of all of the fixed-term mortgages in New Zealand will come up for refixing within the next 12 months. Westpac's latest economic overview mentioned that the Reserve Bank's move to tighter monetary policy will affect many homeowners this year. The report anticipates that those who have rates in the 2.5% to 3% range if they were fixed in early 2021 will go up to 6%. Large increases in interest rates can eat up a larger portion of many households' disposable incomes. The Economist said that owners who bought an average price house in 2021 with an 80% mortgage fixed for two years could see their payments increase by about $530 a fortnight. For someone in Auckland, this could be a $900 increase every fortnight. Westpac Acting Chief Economist Michael Gordon said that people might not yet understand how much their repayments were going to increase. Although people have been aware of the current rising interest rate environment since rates started rising in mid-2021, mortgage rates and predictions have gone up further in the last six months, which has left them with little time to prepare. In the past year, the New Zealand average hourly earnings increased by 7.2%. Savings levels have also increased. The combination of higher costs of living, interest costs and a weaker housing market will have a significant drag on demand. Household spending accounts for 60% of total economic activity. Gordon added that in time, inflation will fall back from its highs, but it will be an uncomfortable wait in the meantime for a number of people, with a number of disruptive forces adding pressure. Cyclone Gabriel will draw on the country's resources for several years, but Gordon said we should exercise caution when making correlations between the cyclone and interest rates. He said the lesson from the Canterbury earthquakes was that conditions in the wider economy play a far greater role in determining inflation. Second topic for this week in review from Stuff on the 1st of March, renting versus owning your home, here's how it really stacks up now. Rising interest rates will not stop a Wellington woman and her family from searching for a first home, despite interest rates being on the rise. Deborah Foxcroft understands why some people might not find the idea of home ownership appealing right now with prices falling and borrowing costs soaring. Two decades ago, her friends were buying rough properties to fix up or flip so that they could move up the ladder and get a nicer house. Foxcroft is looking for a place that provides her family with stability. Statistics from economist Shimabil Yaki compared the financial position for renting and owning and discovered a higher cost to home ownership 
especially as interest rates rise. On the ownership front, Yakib analysed an 80% mortgage at 6.45% interest rate on a median priced home, plus the ownership costs such as rates, maintenance and insurance. On the renting side, he examined the cost of rent as well as the return someone could receive from keeping their deposit in the bank rather than investing in a house. He discovered that nationwide tenants were $311 better off per week. In Auckland, they were $452 a week ahead, and in Wellington it was $292 and in Canterbury $228. Even though owning a home would be more expensive than renting, Foxcroft chose an emotional decision rather than a simply financial one. Sarah Kirby, who recently purchased her first house in Nelson, felt the same way. For her, the market doesn't matter from an investment standpoint since they plan to live in Nelson for a long time. From a feminist perspective, she also believes it's crucial that she won't be paying off a mortgage or renting when she retires in 35 years. Smart woman, that Sarah Kirby. While the situation appeared to be brighter for renters, Yaqib pointed out two additional important variables to consider. Renters would not have as much certainty about how long they can stay or how much rents would increase over time. Those who owned a home were also building equity as they paid down their mortgages and property values likely rise in the long run. Renters could be worse off if they don't save and invest at the same rate. Yaqib also added that with mortgage rates at 6% to 7%, anyone looking to buy now is also likely to be paying less in rent than they would be facing in mortgage payments. Weekly payments on a $610,000 mortgage at 6.5% one-year rate would be nearly $890, although MB statistics reveal that the median rent is only $550 a week. Only? Like, it's still high, right? <laughs> According to Miles Workman, Senior economist at ANZ, his team predicts a further 7% drop in housing prices. He said although housing affordability, as measured by the ratio of house prices to income, has improved recently, the cost of loan servicing, or the mortgage rate, has not. My opinion on this is this. If you buy a home, you can get flatmates or boarders to help cover the cost of the mortgage, which also often makes it very comparable to what you'd pay in rent, and then you also reap the benefit of long-term capital gain. Long-term capital gain in property tends to outperform what can be achieved in the share market because the capital gain in property is on the entire value of the house, not just the amount of cash or equity you put in, whereas investing in the share market, you only get the increase on the amount of cash that you invest. As mentioned earlier, rents also tend to increase over the long term. So in my opinion, the sooner you buy a home, the better. Interest rates will not stay this high forever, which means that your mortgage costs will likely reduce when interest rates come back down again. However, rents are likely to continue increasing over the long term. House prices might fall a bit further from where they are now, but they might not. These are all just predictions, right? At the moment, you could probably negotiate a really good price on the purchase of a property, which could give you a safety buffer if values do fall after you buy, and or you could buy a home that you could add value to, which could also give you an extra safety buffer if values drop. But it's vital to remember that values dropping after you've purchased will only affect you if you have to sell the property. Values will always bounce back again. It's called the property cycle. 
If you want to learn more about investing in property, join me at one of our free events, How to Succeed with Property Investing in 2023. I'll discuss strategies for successful investing from my perspective as a financial advisor. And these events are available live online or in person. Check out propertyapprentice.co.nz for upcoming dates and register today. We don't sell property, so it's all about increasing your knowledge to reduce your risk. If you'd like to find out more about how we can help you at Property Apprentice to reach your financial goals, you can book a no-obligation phone call or meeting with my husband, Paul Roberts, via the website also. That's propertyapprentice.co.nz. Third topic for this week in review, landlords 1st of March, the effects of flooding and cyclone on housing. According to the newest housing focus study from ANZ, housing is currently scarcer than ever before and residential investment demand to repair or rebuild will be stronger than usual. While there are no official estimates of the damage, ANZ's chief economist Sharon Zollner said that the bank has not factored in these events into its prediction, but they can assess the risks. The effects on rental inflation, housing stock and building prices might be severe in affected locations, but the overall impact might be mild, according to Zollner. Last year, 49,538 new dwellings were consented across the country, with 21,400 of those being houses. The rest is made up by multi-unit housing such as apartments, townhouses and retirement village units. As news reports about how many houses have been damaged in each region arrive, she says it's helpful to have a sense of what these figures mean in terms of local residential development activity in more normal times. Zolner estimates that the number of yellow and red stickered properties will be in the low thousands. A thousand dwellings in Auckland represent slightly less than 5% of total consents in 2022. However, in Gisborne, which issued only 162 consents in 2022, this event more than 600% of total consents in 2022. That means that every 1,000 houses in this region that require a complete rebuild represents approximately six years of local business as usual residential construction activity. About 3,000 red or yellow stickered Auckland properties to date represent about 14% of total consents issued last year. To put it another way, Zollner assumed that construction resources are totally flexible between houses and multi-unit homes and that all 3,000 stickered properties require the same amount of work as an average consent, almost probably an overestimation given that we're just now looking at new buildings. She explained that the floods would add around two months to the existing residential investment pipeline, but if resources for larger projects like apartments weren't flexible, this could be as high as six months. ANZ is unable to predict how many homes will be affected in each location. These figures are currently being compiled. Yet in terms of local production capacity, Auckland is likely to be the only impacted location that can repair or rebuild in a reasonable period using local resources. The demand for work will likely add pressure to construction costs. Rent inflation is likewise anticipated to rise, especially in the impacted areas. Following significant population growth in recent years, these areas already had a limited housing supply. According to Zolna, the bank has more residential investment to put into its estimate, but the amount and time frame is unknown at this point. ANZ's prediction 
which doesn't factor in any consequences from the cyclone, has residential investment activity dropping from mid-2023 as higher interest rates and the weaker housing market prevail. Higher interest rates are certainly not beneficial and in and of themselves, but there is some economic capacity to handle an adequate rebuilding program in the damaged regions. Zona expects house prices to be higher in affected regions in the near term because of scarcity. However, in the medium term, if the Reserve Bank in New Zealand raises the OCR higher due to cyclone inflation impacts, this could be a risk for nationwide house prices. And as we've seen in the latest OCR announcement, the Reserve Bank didn't take the cyclone effect into account when they looked at, at increasing the OCR because they realised that that wasn't a nationwide impact. It was very much regional. Fourth topic for this week, the mortgage mag on the 1st of March, more debt problems, Centrix. According to Centrix, consumer arrears increased in January to affect 11.9% of active credit customers. The firm said over 430,000 New Zealanders are behind on their payments. This is a 20,000 rise in one year, and the length of arrears was marginally growing. Centrix added that while the arrears cycle tends to peak post-Christmas, the current level is 6% higher than the same period last year. However, the company added that although rising interest rates should be monitored, it's important to keep in mind that we are still below pre-pandemic levels. According to Centrix, the number of households behind on mortgage payments was the largest in January since April 2020, with around 18,400 mortgage accounts past due. This represented a 22% year-on-year increase, which Centrix attributed to households transitioning from fixed home loans to higher interest rates. Mortgage demand was also low, with new mortgage applications decreasing 25.6% year-on-year in February. Overall, mortgage borrowing was also reduced by 24%, although there was a slight increase in January. Arrears on unsecured personal loans, credit cards, buy now, pay later, and motor vehicles surged while business credit declined. Fifth topic for this week in review from Stuff on the 2nd of March, ASB matches BNZ's 4.99% one-year fixed mortgage rate and a behind-the-closed-doors deal. Now, this shows you how competitive banks are with each other when they're trying to get your market, you know, they're trying to get your business. ASB's been shown to match the Bank of New Zealand's heavily discounted 4.99% under the line one-year mortgages. Last week, a hidden mortgage war started with BNZ advertising 4.99% one-year home loans to mortgage advisors. According to Tony Alexander, an independent economist, Banks are struggling to meet home loan sales targets and are utilising under-the-line discounts to keep clients and win new ones. An ASB customer posted on Facebook that they were able to persuade the bank to match the BNZ rate. The borrower claimed that he didn't have to work hard to get the loan. He mentioned that ASB authorised two loans, both at 4.99% for one year, as compared to the ASB 6.84% that's published online. All he did was inquire directly with his own business broker team who authorised the loan through their finance team. ASB did not confirm whether it was matching BNZ's rate. A spokesperson said that home loan rates are volatile and they assess their rates on a regular basis to ensure that they remain competitive. She explained that lending was examined on a case-by-case basis 
taking into ration market conditions, individual circumstances and the property. According to mortgage advisors, borrowers should try to negotiate lower interest rates on their house loans. Rates for one- and two-year fixed mortgage rates have risen dramatically from pandemic lows near 2% to more than 6.5% now. Data from the Reserve Bank of New Zealand showed that banks loaned a little over $9.6 billion in new home loans in December 2020. By December 2021, the figure had dropped to $7.9 billion. It was only $5.1 billion in December of the previous year. Now, my opinion on this is that why would you deal with the bank directly yourself when you can get a mortgage advisor who deals with a range of different lenders to do that for you at no cost to you? Mortgage advisors can't necessarily negotiate a cheaper interest rate than you might be able to negotiate yourself but they certainly know which banks will be a bit more flexible than others and which bank is most appropriate for your situation. So get in touch with a good mortgage advisor who works with a range of lenders and they can help you right throughout the duration of your home loan. If you're getting into trouble financially when it comes to paying your mortgage, your first point of contact should be to talk to your mortgage advisor and see if there's anything that can be done about that. The mortgage advisors that we recommend work for my team, which is miteam.co.nz. So feel free to get in touch with them. They're great at what they do. It's one of the reasons that Paul and myself invested into that business. So we are now part owners of that company. We invested in there about four years ago now. So we are part owners, but the company's name is my team, M-I-Team for Mortgages and Insurance. And you can get in touch with them by emailing office at mitn.co.nz or give them a call on 0800 8822 Property Apprentices free events cater to the changing needs of first home buyers and investors all over New Zealand. Join me for our upcoming event, How to Succeed with Property Investing in 2023, with my tips as a financial advisor regarding strategies for successful investing. They are live training sessions held either online or in our Auckland office, and there's plenty of opportunity to ask me questions. I'll answer as many of them as I can. You can register on our website at propertyapprentice.co.nz and check out the details there. If you've been to one of our free events before and you'd like to have a no-obligation chat with my husband, Paul, to see how we can help you, you can book a meeting or phone with him through the website as well. That's Property Apprentice. .co.nz. We'll see you soon.